Welcome to Learning Bible Truth. Thank God for another season. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. Here to take you on a tour of the Bible by reading entire books in the Bible. Not just one scripture, full chapters. And of course, I share my commentary while we read line upon line and precept upon precept of every word of scripture. Since you won't take the time to study and show yourself approved before God, I am bringing the scriptures to you. So get your Bibles, take out pen and paper, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's grow in faith while we learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Not my will, Lord, but God's will be done by giving our lives to his son, Jesus the Christ. Good day, everyone, my sisters and brothers in Christ. I hope today is finding you and your family well. It is very cold here in Louisiana, which is unusual. We don't typically have a freezing winter, but we have temperatures uh, in the 20s today. That is highly unusual, but I love the cold. Yes, I love the freezing temperatures, so I'm not bothered by it at all. Oh, the last time I spoke to you guys, I talked about the passing of my teacher, my pastor, Apostle Frederick K.C. Price Sr. Um, I couldn't teach the final episode on uh, Saturday because it was very difficult for me. So, but today, it may be a little struggle, but I'll be able to get through it. Because before I start with chapter 13, we will complete chapters 13 through uh, 16 today. I am reading from the New King James Bible today. I may switch up before we get to chapter 16. But this is very important before we start this final episode one of the things that Apostle Price taught me before the Holy Spirit started leading me and giving me discernment and, and, and revelation of scripture is it is very important that we know who the writer is talking to. That is very important before we start chapter 13. Not everything that is written in the Bible is coming from God. Now, the Bible does say that all scripture is inspired by God, but inspired mean God breathe, uh, that God breathe these, uh, the message in these scriptures, but it's not God talking all the time. And we need to know when God is talking and when man is talking. And you have to remember that the apostles were only men. Yes, they, they were men. They were filled with the Holy Spirit they were dedicated 100% to the Lord Jesus the Christ. And they were on a mission to preach the gospel to every creature. And they died for it. I would die for it today as well. Uh, they died some horrible deaths. The only one who didn't die a horrible death was John, the revelator, who wrote 
the um, book of Revelation, and he also wrote the gospel according to John. Uh, he died a natural death on the uh, Isle of Patmos. But you need to know when before we start this last chapter or this last episode, uh, we are going to complete uh, chapters 13, 14, 15 and 16, most of 16, because uh, 16 talks about, you know, a lot of recommendations and commendations from the Apostle Paul. And I'm going to skip a lot of those because it's it's really meaningless. Those people are dead and we don't know them. You can continue to read it after the ep after this episode. But uh, we are going to skip a lot of, of scripture and verses in chapter 16. So um, with that said, I hope you are in chapter 13. And I am beginning at verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Now, listen carefully. Paul is not writing to American government. He is writing to the Roman government, whom he used to be a part of. You need to understand the difference between a democracy and a theocracy. Um, God chose leaders and governments back then over 2000 years ago. We, the people in a democracy, we elect officials today. Now we also are told not to sit under the counsel of the ungodly. That's in Proverbs. We are also told that when the wicked rule, the people mourn. And most importantly, in 2 Samuel chapter 24, King David says, He who rules over men must be just, meaning righteous, ruling in the fear of God. So in no way is Paul talking about uh, people supporting a corrupt government. And no way is he talking about or, or even given a slight indication that God supports a corrupt government like we have in the United States. And most of the government throughout the world uh, is corrupt. So I want you guys to understand we don't take scripture out of context. OK, this is very important for you to know. God does not support a wicked government. Now, let's continue to read. I have planned on spending time on this because I need you to understand. We do not take scripture out of context. OK, now let's go to verse two. Therefore, whoever resists the, the, the authority uh, resists the ordinance of God and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. This is very important as well. We have to continue to read in order for you to understand why Paul just said what he said. Verse three, for rulers are not a terror to good works. Did, did you did you catch that? They are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good. And you will have praise from the same. Now, you see, the governing authorities, you need to understand why they exist. They exist to establish order. OK, order in each individual state. 
which is one of the reasons why we pay taxes so that we can pay their salary. But we don't pay taxes so that they can oppress people and so that our governing authorities uh, support the rich and the rich only. That's not why we pay taxes. Okay, we pay taxes to to uh, fund the government. But if you read verse three again, the rulers are not a terror to good works, but in America they are. Yes, but to evil in America, the governing authorities are evil. They have uh, lost their way. They no longer know the difference between right and wrong. They no longer know the difference between good and evil. They worship money. They worship greed. They worship power. And that is not why God instituted government. We need to establish order uh, by laws. Now, if you violate the laws, we have no order. That's why what we see going on in American government today is out of order. Because they have left the way. They have violated the oath that they took when they were sworn in office. And when you violate that oath, you really need to be removed. Okay, verse four. For he, talking about the governing authorities, is God's minister. So you know he, this is not talking about the American government. They are not ministers of the gospel. They are not ministers of God. OK, you have to know God's DNA. God is about being right and righting a wrong. God is about justice for the people. He is not about the governing authorities robbing the poor, oppressing the middle class and uplifting and exalting millionaires and billionaires and protecting the rich people at any cost that has absolutely nothing to do with God. And I need you guys to understand that. And, and listen, because chapter 13 is very, very important and it is unique. You can catch what I just said in these scriptures. Okay. Listen, listen again. Verse four, for he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid for he does not bear the sword, the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. So here's the thing what Paul is leaving out because we don't take these scriptures out of context. He's not telling you the limitations of the government. I just told you the limitations. The government is not above the law. They are supposed to follow the law just as well as we are supposed to. Any government official that breaks the law should be held accountable and brought through the criminal justice system. And we have governing officials in place that are refusing to hold elected officials accountable for their actions. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to stay too long on that because I can stay all night. I can stay all night. I have a problem with a corrupt system. I have a problem with a corrupt government. And so should you. So should you. Verse five. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake, verse six, for because of this, you also pay taxes. And I talked about that before, for they are God's ministers attending continually to his very thing. You know, good and well, the American government are not content or, or continuing in, in, in the will of God. OK, they are not attending to God's business. They are not taking care of the poor. No, they are not. They are not holding all criminals accountable for their actions. In this country, if you are rich, you can walk free. 
and someone who is of a lower statute who commits the same crime will be locked up. That's not fair. And God is watching. God is watching. God will hold governing authorities and governing officials accountable for their actions. You sit back and watch. You don't have to interfere. We ought to continue to pray for peace. And you can read about that in Second uh, Timothy um, chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, about praying for our officials so that we can live a peaceable life. But by no means does God support a corrupt government. And that is what I want you to take from this. Verse 7, render therefore to all their due, Taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Verse 8, owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Ah, did you catch that? The end of the law is love. The laws that God gave to Moses for the Israelites, the children of Israel. Okay, verse 9. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Is the governing officials in America loving their neighbor? How are they treating foreigners who are coming to this country for help? Why are they not dealing with the root cause of why people are trying to come to America? And if they really knew how America was, they wouldn't be trying to come here. They would have nowhere to go. Their answer or the answer to every man's oppression is Jesus. It doesn't matter what nation you come from. Jesus is the answer to everyone's issues. Okay. Verse 10. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Did you? And we're not talking about the person that lives next door to you. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Verse 11. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we than when we first believed. So Paul emphasizes a high standard of moral conduct, particularly in view of the nearest of the Lord's return. Now, for those of you who are not in Christ and Christ is not in you, you don't know what I'm talking about. But those who belong to Jesus know exactly what I'm talking about. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know me and they don't follow strangers. When Christ returns is when our salvation will be consummated. Now, the way to moral excellence is twofold. Positively, we must put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what it means to be a Christian. It means to be Christ-like. We must put on the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning submitting to his lordship, accepting his moral standards, living in constant fellowship with him, and depending upon his strength. Now, negatively, we ought to make no provisions for the flesh, mm -mm, none at all, doing nothing to foster its sensual desires and appetites. Now, let's pick up at verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. 
verse 13, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. I know that's hard for Christians who are serving their flesh to receive. But at the end of the day, we are in the last days. Now, Paul, the Apostle Paul, over 2000 years ago, were telling Christians we were in uh, that they were in the last days back then. So, you know, the last days are now. The Lord can return any day. And I thought about this yesterday, you know, while I was pondering on the fact that the world lost a true man of God in the apostle Fred Price. We know that the end is coming, not just because Fred Price died, because he lived a long, successful and laboring life. He deserved to rest from his labor. Uh, Fred Price left his mark on this world. And I am not the only teacher in the body of Christ that he affected. No, he uh, affected Bishop T.D. Jakes, Bishop Fred Caldwell, and Creflo Dollar. Yes, uh, Fred Price opened the door for a lot of people, and I learned so much from, from him, and I will be forever grateful, forever grateful that he taught me how to rightly divide the scriptures. He taught me how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Praise you, Lord Jesus. And he taught me when God is talking and when he's not, as it relates to these scriptures. And I don't want to go off too far, but um, I'll share some more information about my ministry moving forward at the very end of, uh, of this episode. Okay, now let's go into chapter 14. Receive verse one in chapter 14, receive one who is weak in the faith. This is very important to pay careful attention but not to dispute over doubtful things. Now, weak in the faith are immature Christians, new converts, because you have to remember, if you are, have converted over to Christianity, you had to convert from something. So you have to grow in faith. When you become a Christian, you don't know everything. That's where teachers come in at. And that this is very important because it depends on who you are listening to, you know, if you are converted into Christianity or over to Christianity, you are converting from something. So now you have to learn some things. And um, unfortunately, you may know less than mature Christians who are supposed to lead you, not really, you know, tear you down or bash you because you are ignorant in faith. We are supposed to help you grow in faith. So so listen to this. Let me read verse one again. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. And Paul is getting ready to talk about the doubtful things. Verse two, for one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Now, a mature Christian, no, we can eat whatever we want to eat. All we got to do is say a blessing over it. But right here, Paul is specifically talking about uh, Christians who had converted over from Judaism. OK, they were under strict diets under the law. It was certain meats they couldn't eat. OK, so they don't quite understand being new Christians, you know, living in freedom. 
that you can eat whatever you want. So they were still eating vegetables and they were abstaining from certain meats and they had mature Christians who were telling them, look, man, you can eat anything you want, but you have to be careful with uh, baby Christians is what I call them because you can damage them. Okay. It takes a while for someone to break a habit. <laughs> you know, you just have to keep feeding them the word. That's all. And let them learn how to live in the freedoms of Christ. Uh, verse two, again, for, for one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Verse three, let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And, and he's talking about eating meat and let not him who does, who does not eat judge him who eats what those who are uh, converted over from Judaism who only ate vegetables and was under a strict diet, didn't eat meat, have no business talking about another Christian who eats meat because we can eat whatever we want. Okay. So he's talking to both the immature Christian and the mature Christian. Uh, verse three again, let not him who eats despise him who does not eat and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats for God has received him meaning God received us both it really doesn't matter what you eat because the kingdom of God has nothing to do with food or what you drink verse 4 who are you to judge another's servant we are servants to Christ okay to his own master he stands or falls indeed he will be made to stand for God is able to make him stand okay it doesn't matter what you eating yeah, our master is the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. We are God's servant in Christ. So who are we to judge what another Christian eats or doesn't eat? Verse five, one person esteems one day above another. And we're talking about festivals. Okay. Um, the Israelites, you know, observe certain days as festivals. Uh, another esteems every day alike, meaning, you know, it doesn't matter Monday through, through Sunday. Every day is the same for us. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. That's why we have to take time with baby Christians. You have to grow in faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As we read and find out our uh, and learn about our freedoms in Christ, let that baby Christian grow from that. We can't just bombard him with the word of God all at once. And next thing you know, that person has turned from Christ and ran to another religion that he or she receives because whatever they are doing over there, they like that better mm -mm. because salvation and freedom is in Christ and Christ alone. Okay. Verse six, he who observes the day observes it to the Lord and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. He gives God thanks either way it goes. Verse seven, for none of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself. Verse eight, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Verse nine, for to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Verse 10, 
But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? Because he, he's not eating the same meats you are eating. Remember, this is, don't add nothing to this. It, this is about eating. Okay? It's about eating. They had strict diets in Judaism, in the laws of Moses. So just to convert over to Christianity doesn't mean that those habits will die quickly or easily. A person has to grow in faith and the freedom of Christ. I know I said that before, but I want this to sink in. Let me read verse 10 again. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. In your version, it may say God. Same difference. Verse 11, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Verse 12, so then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Verse 13, therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. So what is Paul talking about when he is referencing a, a stumbling block? Now, Paul directs this counsel primarily to the mature. Okay. He's not talking to the immature Christian right now. He's talking to the mature Christians. Okay. He's urging them to practice self-limitation in exercising their liberty uh, because they may offend the immature Christian. OK, and I know some of y'all may say, well, I ain't worrying about. Well, yes, you it's we have a command to worry about the immature Christian, the new converts to Christianity. We have to help them grow. OK, it is love that draws people to Christ. So we have to continue to show love. Verse 14, I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. So if you are converting over to Christianity and uh, whatever religion you were associated with had strict diets, what Paul is saying here is, if it was, if it's unclean to a Christian, then you have to be fully convinced in your mind that is not unclean. Okay. And we can't con convince people by bashing them. Now, Christians can eat all foods and need, they don't need to follow the dietary laws of the old Testament. Okay. Uh, it, it, you don't, uh, you can also cross reference these scriptures with Mark chapter seven, verse 19 Acts chapter 10, verse 9 through 16, and Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, um, verse 17, uh, 1 Timothy 4, 3 and 5, write down those scriptures. Uh, you, you, you have to be convinced in your own mind. Here's the thing. If something, if, if a meat is unclean in your sights, you shouldn't eat it. Okay? You shouldn't eat it if it's unclean to you. You have to be convinced personally in your own mind that you shouldn't eat something. Okay. So until you are convinced in your own mind, you can, you know, stay away from certain foods all you want to. 
Okay, verse 15. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. See, this thing is all about love. Why would you want to hurt someone's heart? Because it's very hard to get people to, to you know, uh, stop practicing something they've been practicing for years. It's hard. Let them grow in Christ. Jesus still loves them anyway, whether, they, you know, he's eating something or he's not eating something. Uh, Christ still loves you. So verse six, 16, therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. Verse 17, please, please hear verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. <laughs> Paul had to break it down. You know, it, it, the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. It has nothing to do with that. But righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. Okay, it's not about talking about your brother or sister because of what they eat. But you notice he's talking about food. He's not talking about sexual immorality. He's not talking about lying and stealing because those are things we need to abstain from. Uh, and you don't need to take time for that. You need to change from those ways today. He's talking about food. OK, don't try to add nothing there. That's not there because Paul is going to make this clear. Verse 18 for he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. By what things? Righteousness, peace, joy, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about. Verse 19. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Edify means lift up. We need to always take the opportunity to lift our brothers and sisters up and not tear them down. Okay. Because, uh, anything contrary to lifting your brother and sister up is out of the will of God. You are not walking in love. Okay. Verse 20, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. I told you, Paul is talking about food. So don't let no one trick you in these scriptures here. He's talking about food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. Okay, verse 21. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. So if you have an immature Christian who converted over from a religion that had a strict diet you know, try not to eat certain things in front of that individual. OK, so this is how you can cause him to stumble. Remember when Paul said you have to be fully convinced in your mind. So if that person has not been fully convinced that it is OK, they have freedom to eat what they want. You can cause them to stumble because whatever is not a faith is sin. If you are not fully convinced in your mind about something, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. So. Um, if you are trying to force someone to do something or force someone to walk in the freedoms of Christ, if that person is walking against their beliefs, their personal beliefs before they are fully convinced, they are walking in sin. I know that's deep, but you need to play this over and over until you can comprehend what I just said. Verse 22. Do you have faith? See, this thing is all about faith. What you believe. Remember, Paul just said, if, if nothing is unclean in itself, you have to believe it's unclean. <laughs> okay, for it to be unclean. Uh, that's why some people who eat raw oysters, I go, you couldn't pay me to eat raw, raw oysters. 
So I'm not going to eat it and nobody can force me to eat it. Okay. To me, it's unclean, but to those who eat it, it's not unclean. Okay. Verse 22 again, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. I just explained that to you guys because I knew we were going to get to this scripture. If it's unclean in your eyes, you shouldn't eat it. Okay. If it's clean in your eyes, it's okay for you to eat it. But if it's clean in your eyes and you choose not to eat it because of what someone else says, you're not walking in faith. No, you are not walking in faith. Let me read verse 21 again. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Verse 22. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. Don't condemn yourself in what what you approve, because this is a lowercase uh, h. So when he said to what um, condemn himself in what he approves, he's talking about yourself. Don't condemn yourself over something uh, because of what someone else says about what you eat. You can eat whatever you want and whatever you choose to abstain from, you can abstain from it. Okay. Verse 23. And I already explained this to you, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith for whatever is not from faith is sin. Now this part ain't just talking about food. Whatever is not of faith is sin. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever you are walking in that is not of faith is sin. So we are still talking now right here. The beginning of uh, 23 is talking about food because it says, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. Meaning if you have um, doubt that this food is clean enough for you to eat, you shouldn't eat it. You are going against your own will. Okay. You are in violation of, of having faith. Okay. Now we are getting ready to go in. Uh, chapter 15. Uh, you guys really don't know. It's a struggle for me to get through this, but thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me the strength because I started not to uh, conclude this series today, but I'm still working for the Lord. My brother, uh, Apostle Frederick Casey Price is in the bosom of Jesus. He's in the best place in the world. And if I had a glimpse of glory, and saw Jesus and talked with Jesus for five and 10 minutes, I wouldn't want to come back here either. It's no way I would choose to come back to this evil world. Nothing good in this world. It's no way I would have come back. So I understand why he chose to stay with the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Chapter 15, my sisters and brothers. Verse 1. We then who are strong ought to bear with the with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Okay. Come on, y'all. We got to sacrifice something, you know, for our sisters and brothers. Walk with them. Don't try to force them to do and not to do and, and to eat certain things and drink certain things and and stay away from certain things. We have to just share the word with them. They will learn about the free, their freedoms in Christ. They will. Uh, verse two, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. Verse three, for even Christ did not please himself, 
But as it is written, the, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Verse four. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Verse five. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus. Verse six, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. One mind, we ought to be unified in one mind as it relates to Christ. Okay. Verse seven, therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Verse eight. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers. Verse nine, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Now, Paul mentioned the circumcision because that, those are the uh, new converts, the immature who had converted over to Christianity. They were under a strict diet. So that's one of the reasons why Paul mentioned the circumcision. Now, not only are the strong to adjust to the weak, but the matter of acceptance is to, to be two way. This was modeled by Christ. Okay. Not man, it was modeled by Christ, the Jewish Messiah, who accepted Gentiles. Okay, his mutual acceptance of Jew and Gentile is then supported by a catena of Old Testament scriptures. Now, let me read verse 9 again, and then we're going to move on into verse 10. Verse 9, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Verse 10. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. We are the Gentiles. That's why we need to rejoice, because Jesus is our Messiah as well. Verse 11. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. Verse 12. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse. And Jesse is King David's father. Okay. And he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles in him, the Gentiles shall hope in who Jesus. Yahshua, the Hebrew name for Jesus is Yahshua or Yahshua. And the English name for Yahshua is Joshua and Jesus. That's what Jesus coming at. It is the English name for Yahshua. Joshua and Jesus are the English name for Yahshua. Okay, I just thought I'd slip that little nugget in there because a lot of people are confused about that. The Hebrew letters do not have a J in it. That's why it, it <laughs> the Hebrew name for um, Jesus is Yahshua because Hebrew doesn't have J in their letters. Okay, verse 13. That's another teaching and I promise it's coming before this year is out. Uh, but let's move on. Verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 14. Now, I myself, talk, Paul is talking about himself, am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish, mean punish one another. Verse 15. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God. Verse 16, that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. Verse 18, for I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. So what is Paul talking about here? When he's talking about not accomplished. Now, this apparently means that Paul will speak of the things that Christ has accomplished through him in word and deed. That is by the proclamation of the truth, by its demonstration and miracles, because Paul performed a lot of miracles and powerful answers to prayer. And in his, his example of Christ like life. OK, because Paul turned his life completely over to the Lord Jesus, the Christ. Now, let me read verse 18 over again. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me. OK, he's only speaking of the things that he has accomplished in the name of Jesus in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. Verse 19 in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem and round about to Elysium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Verse 20. And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named right here. What Paul is saying, he want to preach the gospel that to nations that hadn't heard it yet. He wanted to go into cities where Christ had not been preached yet. OK, least I should build on another man's foundation. What he's talking about, if the gospel was already preached in certain nations, in certain cities, he didn't want to preach there because he didn't want to build on someone else's um, preaching of the gospel. OK, uh, verse 21. But but as it is written to whom he was not announced, they shall see. And those who have not heard shall understand talking about the gospel. Verse 22, for this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you. Verse 23, but now no longer having a place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come to you. Verse 24, whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you because he had not been to Rome yet. He just sent the letter for I hope to see you on my journey. And I'm not talking about he had not never physically been to Rome. He had not visited that church since they um, had converted over to Christianity because Paul was a Roman. OK. Uh, verse 24 again. Whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you for I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way on my way there by you. If first I may enjoy your company for a while. 
Verse 25, but now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. Verse 26, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. And see, I will never stop saying this. The collections by any church today, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is supposed to include, I would say 90% of the time, helping the poor Christians. We're not talking about non-Christians now. We, Paul said to help the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Now, this applies to us. It doesn't have to be in Jerusalem. It could be in America. It could be in Atlanta. It can be in Louisiana. It can be in Texas. It can be in Oklahoma, Mississippi. God has Christians in every state in the United States, and he has Christians in every nation on this planet. Now, this is very important, people. Our church, whatever assembly you are assigned to, or whatever assembly you are a member uh, at, y'all are supposed to help the poor in that assembly and in neighboring uh, assemblies that are the body of Christ. Uh-huh. Y'all need to think about that. What is your church doing with the money? Yeah, the, 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 the church that you claim you belong to. See, I belong to Christ. I don't belong to no denomination. Okay, so what are they doing with the money that, that is collected? Because from now, for those of you, I'm about to digress of, of, for a few seconds, who don't know. The uh, New Testament starts in Rome, the letter that Paul wrote to the Romans. Uh, the book of Acts is the beginning of the church age when the apostles started setting up the church. The four gospels is still a part of the Old Testament because Jesus was still living. Jesus was born under the law. That's why he kept it. He was born under the law. It wasn't until the very end of each gospel when Jesus died is when the New Testament, the new covenant began. So the four gospels are a part of the Old Testament. The Old Testament doesn't end at Malachi. Okay, I don't care what anybody tells you. You need to know the truth because the truth shall set you free. You won't hear any of the apostles talk about tithing because tithing is not a part of the New Testament and tithing was never money. Fred Price Jr. taught an excellent series on tithing under grace. It doesn't include money. Tithing was about food under the Old Testament covenant. OK. Yeah, I know that might be a little bit too deep for some of y'all because y'all believe anything somebody tell you from that pulpit. You need to follow where the money is going or either give the money to the person in your assembly or fellowship. Give it to them yourselves. If you know you got sisters and brothers and and, and saints in, in the assembly you are a member of that is hurting, that is struggling as a result of whatever. And you know you have the means to share with them. You need to share with them. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. It's not an option. It's an obligation. That is an obligation. Let me read verse 26 again. For it pleased those from Macedonia and to and Achaia, or Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. Verse 27. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Now, the word minister 
in Greek means to serve. So it's saying also to serve to them in material things. So this is what we need to share. If we have, we need to share with the poor, our poor sisters and brothers in Christ. We're not talking about people outside of Christ. So it's not pleasing God that you are helping uh, more people outside of Christ than in the body of Christ. That's not pleasing in the sight of God. No, you need to help your sisters and brothers in your congregation. Uh, verse 28. Therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by way of you to Spain. Verse 29. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Paul say, I'm going to teach you the fullness of the gospel. Okay. Verse 30. Now, I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the spirit that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. Verse 31. That I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. Paul is saying, look, pray for me as I go through uh, Jerusalem and uh, come up against some of these non-believers who believed in killing people who were preaching Christ. Okay. You think you say you ain't suffering in America. See, America is open to every religion <laughs> that, uh, that you can make up or conjure up. America is not a Christian nation, but it has a lot of Christians in it. Okay. And you need to understand that America has never been a Christian nation. America's greatest sin is slavery. And its second greatest sin is greed, the worship of money. So don't be fooled by America here because America doesn't practice what it preaches. Jesus said a tree is known by its fruit and we do not sit under the counsel of the ungodly. No, we do not. No, we do not. Verse 32, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. Now, let me read 31 and 32 again, because I had digressed for a second. Verse 31, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. So let me correct myself earlier. I said those in Jerusalem who didn't believe, but I meant to say delivered from those in Judea who didn't believe because they believed in killing over there outside of the United States. You start preaching Jesus, your head will get chopped off. Okay. Do for, for those in Judea who do not believe and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. Verse 32, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God. And may be refreshed together with you. Verse 33. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Now I'm only going to read uh, first part of, of chapter 16. Yes, we have entered into the final chapter, chapter 16. And then I'm going to jump to chapter 7, not chapter, verse uh, 17 to complete this series. Because the beginning of verse 16 talks a lot about recommendations and commendations. And we it's, it's, it's just not relevant to what we have learned throughout Romans. Okay. The letter to the Romans. Verse one, I commend to you, Phoebe, our sister. Phoebe is believed to have been the minister of the gospel who delivered the letter to the, the church at Rome. Okay. Our sister, who is a servant of the church in Sancria. 
verse two, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Paul say Phoebe helped me too. She helped a lot of people. Phoebe was a minister of the gospel, by the way. Okay. Verse three, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. Verse four, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Oh, we are included in the churches of the Gentiles here. Verse five, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. In whose house? Um, Priscilla and Aquila. Now, back then, that's what the churches were. And let me tell you something. It is today, too. If you hold uh, a gathering in your house weekly, you are not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. You do not have to assemble in a denomination to, to be in the will of God. If y'all hold an assembly in your house and read some scriptures, share some words, y'all can take turns reading the scriptures and sharing some words. Y'all are in the will of God. That's your service. And then talk about who is in need, which poor saints are in need and make sure y'all take up a collection and make sure that individual get that, that money that you collected. Okay. So don't fall for the old okie doke that you have to be attending a building here. You can attend in your house right here again. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Whose house? Priscilla and Aquila. That's whose house you can meet in each other's homes and fellowship and share some scriptures and take up a collection for the poor saints. And guess what? You are in the will of God. Don't fall for the old okie doke. Please don't because these buildings where you go to be entertained was not set up by God. And we are going to get there before the end of this chapter. Okay. Verse five, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Greet my beloved. And I can't pronounce this. So I'm going to spell it. E P A E N E T U S who is the first fruits of Achaia to Christ. Okay, verse six, greet Mary, who labored much for us. You know, they had several Marys. They are not talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Verse seven, greet Andromachus and Juania, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. Now, this is what Paul is saying. He's greeting people. He is, you know, introducing people. He's acknowledging that he know these people. So let's just jump to verse 17. Okay. Verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who, who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine, which you learned and avoid them. The doctrine is teaching. This is where Paul is warning them of false teachers. We have a lot of them today. I mean, the devil has upped his game. He is so clever and so decisive. And he is so, I mean, the, the devil is, he is the snake that he is. I don't even have words to describe how he has deceived the body of Christ. Okay. And I mean, this word, no, it stays true to form that 
because of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold and it, there will come a time and we are living in the, those times. And right now I'm, I'm um, quoting scripture that many will leave sound doctrine. They no longer want to hear sound teaching. They will go to different people and leaders who are saying things they want to hear. And my God, we are living in those times. Oh, we are living in those times. When I listen to people talk and they mention God, I look at different shows, how the name of God is being used in vain. And how I, I, I listen at, at people who are supposed to be Christians at work, outside of work. Um, I look at different um, ministries on TV. I, I see different videos on YouTube and I'm listening to these so-called leaders teach. And I think about the Apostle Paul and I think about the Apostle Fred Price who always warned against false teaching and that we were living in those times. And he says, stick with the scriptures. Stick with the scriptures and where we fall short. People don't want to hear about their sins. Well, you got to hear about it if you're going to be in the body of Christ. You have to because we're supposed to be apart from this world. We are not. We are in this world, but we are not supposed to be of this world. The world's desire is to feed its flesh. But we are supposed to be contrary people. My Lord, we are supposed to offer our bodies up as a living sacrifice for the Lord. That's what we are supposed to be doing. Oh, let me, let me share 17 again. Now I urge you, brethren. Paul say, I urge you. Note those who cause divisions. And that's what church denominations do. They cause divisions in the body of Christ. If you look up how your denomination was originated, you will find a person or a group of people created that, that denomination because God didn't create it. Because Paul right here, speaking on behalf of God to the Gentiles, he said, note those who cause divisions. Don't your denomination cause divisions? Mm-hmm. By telling you contrary to the Holy Spirit. Now that's a church you need to baby take them, shoot them heels off and hightail it out of that church. If they are speaking against the Holy Spirit, if they are not teaching Jesus Christ and him crucified, if they are telling you that you, you don't have to be baptized in the name of the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. All of that is contrary to the sound doctrine in this Bible. If they are telling you Jesus Christ never came in the flesh, that's the Antichrist. Anybody who says Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh is the Antichrist. The devil is clever, but he's still a loser. We still have the victory over him and the devil cannot have power over you unless you give it to him because we have the victory over Christ and we have power over, over the devil and his demons. Okay. So if you are allowing him because of the lust of your flesh, well, then that's all your fault. That's all your fault. If you are enslaved to the devil, if you are enslaved to your flesh, that means you have bowed to the devil because the devil wants you to live in your flesh outwardly. Okay. Because if you are living in your flesh, you are living outside the will of God, outside the will of God. Now let me read 17 again, and then we're going to keep moving. Now I urge you brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine, meaning teaching, which you learned and avoid them. He didn't say sit under the teachings of false teachers. He didn't tell you to sit under the doctrine of a denomination. He says for you to avoid them. If they are causing divisions among the saints, you need to avoid them. 
Okay, verse 18. For those who are such do not serve our Lord. They do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. Naming a ministry after themselves when Jesus Christ is the head of the church. T.D. Jakes Ministries. Mm. Oh, my. Oh, my. Think about that now. And I'm not, I I just threw his name out there as an example. He's not the only one. Any ministry that's named after the person who's teaching, that's not a a ministry that God set up. Listen, for those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by smooth words, this has been in your Bible for over 2000 years, just ain't new. And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. Those who don't know this word and those who don't know better. You know why they fall and, and, and believe everything the uh, pastor in their denomination teaches? Because that's who they can see. Jesus told Thomas, he said, Thomas, you believe because you have seen me. But blessed are those who believe and have not seen. If your church is not built on Jesus Christ is the son of God and not built on the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus and him crucified. You need to leave that church. Mm hmm. No, we were never told to worship a pastor or a teacher or an apostle. We were never told to do any of that. No, we have to serve the Lord. We have to serve the Lord and any church that's named after the person who is the, the, the pastor of the church. You shouldn't attend that either because the apostle Paul said, now this applies to us today. The apostle Paul says for those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but they serve their own belly and by smooth words. Oh my God. And flattering speech. They deceive the hearts of the simple. Mm-hmm. Verse 19, for your obedience has become known to all. See, that church was obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul said it has become known to all, to all the saints. Okay, therefore, I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And here, right here, is the problem with the church today. The church has been so conformed to this world, they no longer know the difference between good and evil. You know, in this series, Paul said, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed with the renewing of your mind. You have to renew your mind with the word of God. That's the only way you won't be deceived. Only way. So, and that's why I share entire books with you, books of the Bible, because a scripture is not going to do it. You need to know the whole story. Let me read verse 19 again before we move forward. Verse 19, for your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. You got to know the difference between good and evil. Anything that your flesh is craving is evil. Okay, we supposed to be living in our new recreated spirit. Okay, and walk in the fruit of the spirit. Okay, we got to walk in love. The fulfillment of the law is love. That is love what Christ did on that cross. That is 100% love what he did for us. Dying, taking our punishment. The punishment that we deserve for the sins that we committed against the Lord, against God. 
Jesus Christ took that punishment for us. And you're going to turn your back on him and start following some, somebody new who created a religion back in the 60s? Verse 20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Verse 21. Timothy, my fellow worker, and Lucius, Jason, and I can't pronounce this one, S-O-S-I-P-A-T-E-R. My countrymen greet you, verse 22. And Tertius, Tertius is, he was a writer for Paul. He is the one who wrote down Paul's words. Most secretaries do that for uh, CEOs today. Uh, and I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. Verse 23, Gaius, my host and the host of the whole church, greets you. And Erastus. Er the treasurer of the city greets you and quarters a brother. Verse 24, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Verse 25. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. And y'all know what the mystery is. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Verse 26. But now made manifest, everybody know the mystery of God now, that's Jesus, Christ in you, the hope of glory, okay? But now made manifest, and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. Verse 27, to God alone, wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Oh my. Oh my. Now saints, that is the end of this series, Paul's letter to the Romans. And I hope you learned something. I don't want to speak too long about this series, but what I will say, what we learned, we learned that, uh, Paul was talking to Gentiles and, um, Jews alike in the body of Christ and for us to be unified and that this thing is all about Jesus. We are unified in Christ. Okay. And he talked about the governing authorities and it, it does not, uh, Paul does not say that we are to sit under corrupt government. He, as a matter of fact, he, he, you know, did not put any limitations and this is why we don't take scripture out of context. Paul was talking to a Roman government that was a theocracy, not a democracy. And we do not sit under the counsel of the ungodly. Okay. Those who rule over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. Just means righteous. Okay. So we have to be very careful what we listen to. The scriptures must be rightly divided. It must be taught line upon line and precept upon precept. Be leery of those who read a scripture and then go off on a tangent and start telling you and teaching you things that make you feel good, but not things that help you learn the will of God. Okay. I've been there. I've been there. I've been walking with the Lord for 30 years. I was called in the ministry uh, 20 years ago and really didn't accept to 15 years later. 
or 15 years ago, not uh, 15 years later from 20 years, but 15 years ago, I accepted my call to the ministry. And we need to understand that the devil is cunning. He has deceived the entire world, according to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he can deceive even the elect, if possible. And the only way you can be deceived by the devil is by straying away from these scriptures. I don't care what denomination you have attached yourself to and have become enslaved to, and that's who your allegiance is to, or what religion. If you don't have Christ at the center of your life, you are not saved. Okay, it, this thing is about Jesus and what he did on the cross. We have been declared righteous in the sight of God through the righteousness of Jesus, the works that he did on the cross, not our righteousness. We cannot establish our own righteousness. Paul talked about that as well. We can establish our own righteousness because our righteousness are as filthy rags. Paul also said, and this is a huge standout. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to renew your mind when it comes to uh, things you eat. A mature Christian knows that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It has nothing to do with food. But if you have someone who converted into Christianity, let's say from um, being a Muslim, um, they had strict diets as well. Or let's say from Judaism, uh, those who have converted to Christianity and used to practice the laws of Moses, you know, old habits are hard to break. They were under strict diets. We shouldn't condemn them because they choose not to eat something. And if what you eat offends them, it'll cause them to stumble. Don't eat it in front of them. Don't eat it in front of them. Eat it behind their backs. You don't have to do that. Don't rub it in and don't keep telling people you free in Christ. You free in Christ. They have to learn what that means. Continue to follow learning Bible truth. This is where you're going to hear the truth. Now, you guys know by now, and it made, it, it, it made big news, huge news, that the uh, Apostle Frederick Casey Price passed away. He went on to be with the Lord um, Friday, February the 12th. Oh, uh, I'm doing well today, but it, it, it hit me hard because I expected him to recover. And no, God didn't take him. Uh, I played the recording. His son uh, shared a message. No, God didn't take him. We're not mad at God because God doesn't create death. God is about life. Uh, God promises um, us to be on earth between 70 and 120 years. Apostle Price was due to turn 90 this year. He lived a long life, successful life, a blessed life. He preached the gospel throughout this entire world. I don't know if there is a nation he hadn't been there to teach the gospel. And I, I learned so much from him. I thank God for him. Uh, I still pray that God comforts his family. And let me tell you, his family know the Lord. So I ask God to comfort me. His family knows the Lord. His wife, uh, according to their, their son, Pastor Fred Price Jr., his mother is a rock. She is the rock of the family. She is sustaining the family. She has some of the strongest faith you'd ever encounter. She is a breast cancer survivor. She is a breast cancer healer. God healed her completely from breast cancer. 
And she was a victim of COVID-19 along with her husband and her daughter. Uh, Betty Price, Dr. Betty Price, her and her daughter Angela survived COVID, but COVID took out Apostle Price. Um, there are some things we just don't know why they happen. But his son so eloquently put that his father had coded three times. At one point, five to ten minutes, his spirit had left his body. His heart wasn't beating. So he spent five to ten minutes with the Lord. And I'm telling you, if I spend five to ten minutes with the Lord, the peace that I know that my brother, uh, Apostle Price, experienced, oh Lord, come on Holy Spirit, keep me strong. I wouldn't want to return here either. I wouldn't. You in the bosom of the Lord Jesus where there is no more pain. There are, there are no more viruses. There is no more sickness. There's no more hate. You no longer have to have faith because you were with the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And that alone, knowing that he's with Jesus, comforts me. Yes, it comforts me. So Saturday, I will uh, share a nugget on uh, about prayer, about seven strong prayers for you to pray every day uh, as a guideline. And after that, I will be sharing some of the teachings of Apostle Price for the entire month of March. Oh, yes, I will salute him on my podcast because he was a faith teacher. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. He is one of the reasons that my faith grew so strong. I have been listening to the teachings of Apostle Price for 30 years. For 30 years. And I thank God for him. And I will be forever grateful to him because because of him, I am teaching today. Because of him, I'm not afraid of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel and I'm not afraid to preach the gospel. I'm not afraid to tell anyone, no matter what religion you belong to, that you need Jesus in order for you to go to heaven. That is as simple as I can make it. I love everyone. And I remember Apostle Price used to always say, look, don't take this personally. I love everyone. I'm saying that this is not personal and it's not personal with me. I would do anything for anyone if I have the means to do so. I don't care who you are. You can plot to kill me tonight, miss me the next day, and I see you on the side of the road. I'm the one that'll help you. That's the type of love. And that ain't because of me. That's because of the love of Christ in me. Because I couldn't do it through my flesh. No, the love of Christ in me, and I walk by my recreated spirit. If I didn't, I would be in jail. So I practice what I preach. I love you. I know God loves you, and that's the reason I love you, because the love of, of, of Christ is shared abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 5, 5. Hallelujah. Praise God. Saints, I want you to uh, stay safe, because if a COVID-19 was able to overcome the body of Apostle Price, it definitely can overtake us. Uh, we have to continue to walk by faith, continue to practice the precautions that was set by the CDC. And for those of you who asked me about apostleship, um, let me explain something to you. We do have apostles today. We just don't have apostles of the lamb today. There are two different types of apostleship. Okay. The original 12, excluding Judas Iscariot, 
are listed in the book of Revelation. And if you notice, the apostle Paul is not there, but we know he's an apostle. He is the apostle of the Gentiles. And if you can recall, Paul says that he is an apostle. And and I talked about it in one of these episodes out of due time. He was not a part of the original. The original 12 were apostles of the lamb. We do have apostles today, but they are not associated with apostles of the lamb. The difference is the apostles of the lamb, the 12 apostles who are listed in the book of Revelation are apostles who walked with Jesus physically, who talked with him, who saw him perform miracles. Those are apostles of the lamb. Because if you also can recall when Judas Iscariot uh, committed suicide, they had to replace him. And I think it was Thaddeus. Uh, if I'm not, I may not be a hundred percent sure the name. Um, he, they cast lots and we have false teachers who will use that scripture where it says they cast lots, uh, for those who, uh, or someone to replace, I think it was three out of the three, they cast lots to replace Judas Iscariot, but they cast lots out of those. The, I think it was about 500 who was with the risen Christ, who saw him after he rose from the grave and who were with him before he died on the cross. That's who they, they cast lots for, not just some random per, um, disciple. Hey, look, you're going to be um, uh, an apostle too. No. And it was blessed by uh, the Holy Spirit. It had to be, because if you listen to the conversation, they said, no, it has to be someone who saw the risen Christ. So we know Apostle Price didn't see the the risen Christ. And if you um, read the list of gifts that are in the church, uh, the Apostle Paul says first apostles. He wasn't just talking about them, the 12. He's talking about apostles born out of due time like the Apostle Paul. He was born out of due time. He'll tell you in a minute he was the least of all the apostles because he was not a, an apostle of the lamb. He didn't see the risen Christ. He had an encounter with the risen Christ. But most people who are called to the ministry um, did, such as myself. I had an encounter because I was refusing to teach because I know what I have to deal with. But I was so adamant and fervent about living in the world and living in the flesh. The Lord say, I'm going to turn that uh, energy that you have living in the flesh into being a teacher of the gospel. And he did. And he did because I'm not afraid of no man. I wasn't afraid before I met Jesus. So, you know, I'm not afraid now, now that I have the power of the Lord resided inside of me. So saints, I know I kept you guys long enough. Um, I know some of you can't wait for me to do another uh, episode or a little nugget, little teaching or about prayer, because that is my most successful episode. It's still growing. Uh, I received stats from the um, the podcast and that particular episode about when to pray, how to pray and why we should pray is still growing. And praise God for that has nothing to do with me. Praise God. This is a platform that God gave me to teach about the gospel. Okay. The good news that Jesus Christ died on that cross for you to pay the price for your sins and that he, he, he was, he was buried and he was in the ground for three days and three nights. And he rose again for our salvation. We have the victory in Christ. Hallelujah. So until next time, stay safe. Peace out.
enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode, please send your questions or comments to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com or you can send me a direct message through my podcast by clicking on the message button located on the homepage of all my podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public to submit your remarks. I should note that you must be a follower of my show to submit a voice message, so don't forget to click the follow button. You can also support my podcast financially by accessing the homepage on my podcast and clicking on the support this podcast button. Whatever you choose to donate will be greatly appreciated and used to help further the gospel. I am praying for God to give you a return on your donation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14, the Apostle Paul says, In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. English Standard Version. Please sow your seed in good ground with a cheerful heart because God loves a cheerful giver. Now until next time, my sisters and brothers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. And remember, continue to walk with Jesus. I thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.